This is episode 94 of the CB Northwest and Camp Tadmore events podcast. We're continuing Women's Camp 2010, The Transforming Freedom of Forgiveness with Don Smith-Jordan. This is session three from Sunday morning. <laughs> Love it. Oh. Oh, y'all are so awake. Man, isn't that fun? Oh, I just, I have to tell you that it is like Christmas here today. <laughs> and I just, oh my goodness, I, I want to tell you that my girlfriend left my house. I, I don't have a real job. I do this about 75 places a year, and I teach piano one day a week, and I record lullabies, and somehow we survive, and I'm very grateful. And one of my girlfriends, uh, teach, I teach three of her four kids, and she um, came to pick up her three, and I just, between students, I ran out to the car, and um, I said, hey, Melissa, just want to say hey, hope y'all are doing good, good to see you, they did great, bye. Ran back in the house, and uh, started teaching the next student, because they're every half hour that they come, so I sat down to teach the next student, and um, the phone rang, and I looked on the caller ID, and it was Melissa, so I said to my student, excuse me just a minute, and let me see what she needs, I said, hey, did you forget something? And she said, no, I just had to tell you what Caroline said about you. She said, just in that brief moment that we were in the driveway, she said, mama, Miss Dawn is so happy, isn't she? Y'all, that's what God has done. And so when I sing, when I say I sing because I'm happy, I mean it. (laughs) Because God has done that in our lives. And I love in his word where it says that he will restore the years the locusts have eaten. And ladies, he will do that in your life. Because Melissa and her husband... And her family are the ones who walked with me through that divorce. Every night I could call them at 11 o'clock at night and just pour out my heart. And so that Caroline saw me at a time when I was not so happy. But today I can sing because the Son of God has set me free. And I praise God for that today. Amen. I need my coat, Mary. I'm so cold. You've seen my outfit. There you go. I'm good. Oh, my gosh. This is Kim's coat. Kim, you are my lifesaver. Man, we got to her house yesterday from the, I've already cried. This is ridiculous. I got to her house yesterday, and she goes, you do have a jacket, don't you? And I was like, are you kidding? I'm from South Carolina. It's July, so thank you. It doesn't go with my outfit, but I do not care. I was going to try to get up here and look all professional and nice in my matching outfit, and I do not care. I'm going to match y'all. <laughs> I know y'all don't care, and I don't care either. I'm shaking. Ooh, I love it. And you know what? I'm going to go home tomorrow and be on a totally different time zone and be sweating to death and wishing that I was back here in Oregon. <laughs> but ladies, I just want to tell you this before I, before I share this morning. I absolutely have loved this weekend. I have just been so blessed to be with you. I love your state. If you are what the state is about, man, what a great place to live. Beautiful and just, just precious, precious women and two men. 
that you are. And um, I just, I'm just, what they, what they do? Oh, <laughs> you cannot hide. <laughs> but just a, oh my goodness, I am leaving so blessed. And so I've just enjoyed talking with so many of you and just enjoying the time that God has given us together. So I love y'all. And um, one, of, one of the cute younger girls said, I just wish we could hang out together. And I said, we will. In heaven, we are going to hang out. And so if I never get to come to Oregon again, I'm going to see you again. And so if you get there before me, come over and say, hey. <laughs> Don't say hi. <laughs> hey. And it will be good. It will be good. Well, I want to tell you a story, just a short story about a friend of mine, her name is Sharon. I was talking to a Sharon last night, and I said, every time I talk to my Sharon, uh, if she answers the phone, I sing this song. My, 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 my Sharona. She cracks up every time. Well, Sharon and her husband, Lindsay, have, hey, Dee Dee. <laughs> She's my ride. Don't leave me. <laughs> or forsake me. <laughs> Um, Sharon and her husband have a sailboat, and they have taken us sailing for years. And, and we went sailing several years ago now. And, oh, we're so good on time today. Yay. And we went sailing several years ago now it's been. And uh, my children were younger. And I just have to tell you, it was a beautiful day. It was summer. It was sunny. It was perfect sailing conditions, Lindsay said. And Sharon and Lindsay have two daughters, Jordan and Lauren, who are Hannah and Ross's ages. We homeschooled together for years. And Sharon is just one of my dearest friends. Every time I go to minister, she's praying for us right now. And she prays for my ministry, and I'm so grateful to have such a sweet friend. And she um, took us out sailing in, in perfect weather conditions. And within a matter of minutes, it went from beautiful blue skies, perfect, Lindsay said, to five-foot seas. And we are out in the middle of the lake on this boat, and it is black, and it is starting to lightning and thunder and rain. And at this point, like I told you, my Ross had a speech impediment. He, was so, he didn't talk forever. And then when he did, everybody was like, how do you even know what he is saying? And I just did because I'm his mom. And so anyway, he began to scream and cry this. Lindsay was our pediatrician, and Ross called him Dr. Winsway. And he said, Dr. Winsway, is a boat going to tip also? And Lindsay said, Ross, the boat cannot tip over, okay? Trust me on this one. The boat will not tip over. So I am sitting down in the little stairwell that goes down into the living quarters, and I'm rocking Ross, and the boat's going this way, and we're getting soaking wet, and Ross is screaming in my ear, Dr. Winsway, it's a boat going to tip over! And Lindsay's like, it's Ross, man, it cannot tip over. And I'm looking at Lindsay going, are you sure this boat can't tip over? I mean, it was so scary. And so at that moment, Sharon had just graduated from sailing classes. And Lindsay wanted her to take sailing classes in case anything ever happened. Yay! Wouldn't it be when we were on the boat that he says, Sharon, I need you to come take the helm. I'm going to climb up here and get the sails down. 
So we can motor back to the dock, and I'm thinking, everything is great. Yay, Sharon knows what to do. She graduated. I'm so proud of my Sharona. I want you to know that all of a sudden I'm rocking, screaming child Ross. The girls are down in the bottom part of the living quarters, and I look over at my sweet friend, and this is what I see. (laughs) Her eyes are closed, and the boat is going crazy. And Sharon goes, Lindsay, I don't know what to do. (laughs) And at that moment, Ross stops crying and he goes, did you see her? (laughs) Absolute chaos on that boat. (laughs) And so Lindsay says, Sharon. Yes, you do know what to do. And he just gave her some very specific instructions. She did beautifully. We got back to the dock. We got in the car. And Ross says, I'm never going sailing again. And I said, me either. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And the next morning I got up and I thought about that. And I called Lindsay. I said, Lindsay. You were like Jesus in that boat, telling us to trust you in the midst of the storm. But you know what, ladies? That is life sometimes. We are going along smoothly, smooth sailing, perfect conditions. And then from out of nowhere, a storm comes that was never forecast. Ross said, that weatherman should be fired. And he especially says that when they call for snow and we never get any. You know, that is life. And sometimes the storms are going to come that you could never, ever expect or forecast or plan for. And I've heard it said, you are either in the midst of a storm, you are coming out of one, or you are heading straight for another one. Woo! Isn't that good news? Bye! (laughs) Isn't that great? But you know what? In Mark 4, it talks about the disciples being in the boat with Jesus, in the boat with him. They had just witnessed firsthand. They didn't read about miracles. They watched the miracles. They witnessed him feeding 5,000 people. They watched him do the things that we read about today. And yet in that storm, they said, Lord, don't you care? We're going to drown. And Jesus got up, and he very simply spoke, peace, be still. And it says, when he spoke immediately, the wind and the waves were calm. You know what, ladies? I thought about that scripture, and it was as if the Lord just brought to my mind, you know what? Maybe Jesus wasn't just speaking, peace be still, to the wind and the waves. Maybe he was speaking that to the heart of his disciples. Maybe he is speaking that to you and me today, that when the storms of life come, remember, he's in the boat with you. And he says in Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Therefore, you can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. Ladies, he's in your boat with you today. Whatever the storm is, maybe it's smooth sailing right now, but hang on, it'll change. There was a song on Christian radio that Scott Crepain did years ago. I loved it. It said, sometimes he calms the storm. And with a whisper, peace be still. He can settle any sea, but it doesn't mean he will. Sometimes he holds us close and let the wind and waves go wild. Sometimes he calms the storm, but other times he calms his child. Ladies, most of the time the storm has raged. 
And I heard it said, what, how does that go? i got to read it because I don't want to say it wrong. Life isn't about how to survive the storm, but how to dance in the rain. I want to read something to you. I got a New Year's resolution in uh, 2008, and I will just tell you that in 2008, I was in a pity party. Y'all ever had one of those? I didn't invite you. You wouldn't want to be there. And somebody sent me this email, and it said this. When you wake up in the morning, complete the following statement. My purpose is to blank today. Sit in silence for at least 10 minutes a day. Buy a lock if you have to. Try to make at least three people smile each day. This is my favorite. I absolutely just have to do this every day. And my kids are just like, oh, here she goes again. We're going through the drive-thru at Wendy's. And I pull up and I go, hey, how are you? And they're like, first going, she's a freak. But by the end, they smile. And I love it because, you know, that precious person working at that place, nobody ever pays attention to them most of the time. Just give me my food and I'm going. And they just kind of meaningless give you your money and it's just it's the interaction usually. And, you know, I'm like, I, thank you so much for serving us today. Appreciate you, and I hope you have a blessed day. And they just smile back, and I love that. And my kids are like, "You're so weird," and I'm like, "Thank you." <laughs> Realize that life is a school, and you are here to learn. Problems are simply part of the curriculum that appear and fade away, like algebra class. But the lessons you learn will last a lifetime. Life isn't fair, but it's still good. Life is too short to waste time hating anyone. Forgive everyone for everything. Don't take yourself so seriously. No one else does. <laughs> Make peace with your past so it won't spoil the present. Don't compare your life to others. You have no idea what their journey is all about. No one is in charge of your happiness except you. Frame every so-called disaster with these words. In five years, will this matter? However good or bad a situation is, it will change. The best is yet to come. Do the right thing. No matter how you feel, get up, dress up, and show up. Each night before you go to bed, complete the following statement. Thank you, Lord, for what other people think of you is none of your business. <laughs> Smile and laugh more. Read your Bible and pray every day. And last, remember that this is not Disney World, and you certainly don't want a fast pass. You only have one ride through life, so make the most of it and enjoy the ride. How many of y'all went on that crazy high ropes course and all that swinging and all that maniac stuff? Man, y'all are crazy. I wouldn't do that if you paid me. I'm so scared of heights, and Mary did it. Yeah, awesome. Jennifer, you go, girl. Well, I want to tell you something. I had a pity party a couple years ago. I really did. I just, I mean, I am in ministry. I'm not supposed to have those, you know. It's like I'm supposed to have it all together. And I'm going to tell you right now, your speaker does not have it all together. I am just like you. And it's a journey day in, day out. And it was 2007 coming into 2008. My mom had been gone for um, three years back then. 
And I had just come to the place of needing to grieve. Have you ever been there? It's like life just keeps happening and you keep going and you keep and you just don't stop long enough to cry when you need to cry. And that's what I had done. And I, I just came to the place. My children were at their dad's that weekend. I wasn't on the road anywhere. I was at home with the dog and the cats and me having a pity party, walking through the house, looking at pictures just as pathetic as you can imagine. And I came upon... A picture of Sherry. I stayed in my pajamas all weekend till it was time to get ready to go to church Sunday morning. Then I went to church and somebody said, how are you? What did I say? Exactly. But I looked at a picture of my sister. And there she was in her senior picture. And I mean, it was a major pity party. And I just said, Lord, I trust you. That's not a question. I know you are about your kingdom purposes. And I'm grateful that you're letting me be a part of that. But Lord, I just got to say, I miss Sherry. I don't understand. She didn't even get to graduate from high school. God, seriously. Did it have to be this way? I know you've used it, and I see all that, and I'm not questioning. But I'm just saying, just between you and me, I just miss her. I just don't understand. And then I walked on down the hall, and I looked at a picture of my kids and me, and the picture that Tony showed last night was our new Olin Mills picture that's in the church pictorial directory. Do you all have those? Yeah. And I, I was walking down the hall, and I was, I was just looking at family pictures, and there was the picture of Hannah and Ross and me the first time we went to go get a family portrait, and it was three and not four. And I remember picking out the little matching outfits so we'd all be adorable in the pictorial directory, and, and sitting there, I, I, I remember it so well. I was smiling in that picture, but oh, ladies, my heart was broken. Because it wasn't supposed to be that way. And I was just sad. And I remember just saying, oh, God, it wasn't supposed to be that way. This isn't what I wanted. You ever felt that way in your life where you just kind of by yourself just say to the Lord? And then I was looking. I sat down. Don't ever look at photo albums when you're down in the dumps. So I start looking through pictures, and I found this picture of my mom and me the day that mom came home from the hospital to die. I mean, how much more depressing can that be? And I looked at this picture, and it was mom and me sitting on the love seat in their house, and dad took a picture of us, and my mother was so sick and so frail and so skinny, and my arm was wrapped around her little tiny shoulder, and I lost it at that point, and the dog's looking at me like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and I just, I said, Lord, I need my mama. I don't understand. Why did you have to let her go? Oh, God, I miss mom. And that's just where I was. And at that point in my life, I had to do something. <laughs> so I went to the Word of God. And the Lord had been showing me a scripture. And it's Psalm 40. And I want to ask you if you'll turn there with me this morning. It's Psalm 40. And I spoke at a, um, at a little adorable senior citizens thing that January. And God had been working on my life and working on my heart. You know, he taught me what it meant to trust him with all of my heart. He taught me how far do we have to go to forgive. But he was not done. And you know what the good news is? He is still not done. 
If we will let him, he is always at work. I heard it said uh, that we either uh, control our attitude or it controls us. (laughs) And that is so true. I have heard it said that the circumstances of life have a lot to do with who we are. They do. The things back there have made me who I am today. But y'all, by the grace of God, I have a lot to do with who I'm becoming in Christ. If I will cooperate with the Lord, he is not yet done with me. And so Psalm 40 is a scripture that God was using. And I just briefly shared it that day to these precious senior citizens. And this adorable, cute little old man came over to me and he kissed me on the cheek, which I loved. He was so cute. And he said, honey, and I loved it because he called me honey. And he said, honey, you know what? Have you ever heard the statement, it's time to get out of the mar and get into the choir? And he said it just like that. And I said, I have never heard of that. He goes, that's what you remind me of. That needs to be your new life statement. You're going to get out of that mar and get in that choir. And I said, oh, my gosh, I love that. I said, that is what I feel like the Lord is doing in my life. So many of us are walking around singing somebody done somebody wrong songs, and that is not what we need to be about. I grew up as a family watching Hee Haw, and there was this guy who sang this song, and it went like this. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Dave, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Y'all, let me tell you what. We don't need any more hee-haw honeys. We don't. And so many of us walk around singing gloom, despair. When God desires, out of the work he's done in our lives, to put a new song in our mouths. And I want us to take a few minutes just to look at this Psalm 40 this morning. Because if you trust the Lord with all of your heart, like you profess to do in this place, and you are willing to be obedient to God when he calls you to forgive and be like Christ and offer grace to those who so desperately need it, even though they don't deserve it, need to experience the grace of God. And sometimes we are going to be the vessel that God will use to show his mercy and his love to somebody else that knows they don't deserve it. And yet we are Christ to to that person. Then there comes a point when we have to quit looking back. And you know what I was doing? I was looking back. Looking back is not going to change what's back there. And so what has to change is me right here. And so let's look and read Psalm 40. It says this, I waited patiently for the Lord. Okay, that's a lie. I am so not patient, but that's good for the psalmist. So let's just keep going. (laughs) He turned to me and heard my cry. I can flat do some crying. Do you attest to that? Yes. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the slimy pit and out of the mud and the mire, he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. I love that. It says, the Lord turned to me. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm one of those moms that used to walk through the mall looking like this. Come on. Nobody ever grabbed hold because I was too fast. And so it was a continuous, come on, let's go, come on, come on, come on. And they're stumbling behind me, you know. (laughs) 
house and I'm on a, I'm on a path. I got to go do this and I got to go do this and it's mom. And I've said to my children their whole lives, do not call me. Come to me. And what do they do? Mom. And I'm just like, what? And I keep going. But you know what? Oh, the Lord, the Lord, the cre- he's daddy to all of us. He's so busy. It says he turned to me. He stopped what he was doing, and I cried. And he stopped, and he turned to where I was. He turned to me because he heard my cry. He recognized my voice, ladies. When you cry out to the Lord, he knows your voice. And I believe in that moment, in that pity party, he knew the desperation in my voice. I felt like I was drowning. He turned to you if you will cry out to him. And it says, he hears our cry, and this is what I love. It says, he lifted me up out of the mud and the mire. I think about Peter, and it's, you can just write this down. We won't turn there this morning. It's Matthew 14, 22 to 31. And Jesus comes walking on the water. Y'all know that story? And I would be Peter. I'd go, I want to do it. And he gets, Jesus says, well, come on. And he jumps out of the boat, and he's walking on the water. And he's going, this is so cool. This is not possible. And he does what I do. And I look down and I freak out because I look at the circumstances. And what happened? He started sinking, didn't he? Ladies, that's what happens to us. Because we can be walking on water and people are amazed at our testimony and the things that we're going through. And they're like, she is amazing. Look at her. And then all of a sudden we go, but wait, wait a minute. And then we sink. But what happened? Did Jesus take his eyes off Peter? No. Peter took his eyes off Jesus, and when he did, he looked at the circumstances, and the circumstances seemed impossible. But by my kitchen sink, it's at sink there's a scripture that says, with God, all things are possible. And so I love what it says. Peter cried out to Jesus, and Jesus immediately stretched out his hand in that scripture, and it says he lifted him up. He pulled him up because Peter was sinking down. It says, when Peter cried out to the Lord, if in that Matthew 14, it says Jesus immediately stretched out his hand. Immediately. He wasn't doing one of these, grab hold, come on. He reached down to where Peter was, and he lifted him up. And later, when asked, who is he? Peter said, he is the Christ, the son of the living God. Because he had witnessed him pulling him up by his righteous right hand. And then the next part says, he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Ladies, the storms of life are going to come and the muck and mire is always going to be there in one shape or form. It just is. That's a part of life. But Jesus will lift us up and set us on a firm place. And then it says, he gave me. A new song. He put a new song in my mouth. And then you know what it says? After God does all of that for us, it's not for us to just go, well, wasn't that neat? I'll just keep all that to myself. No, because it says in the last part of verse 3, many will see and will fear, which means to be amazed. They will be in awe, and they will put their trust in the Lord. Corey Ten Boom's sister said to her, There is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. 
It doesn't matter how deep your pit is today. But I was talking with my friend Yvette that lives in Kentucky now. You talk about an accent. Man, does she have one. And we were talking about this living above the mire of life. And she said, Sister, I just feel like I am in the mire big time. And, and she said, I just feel like sometimes I get out of it, and then it's like I just go back into it again. It's quicksand. And she goes, it's quicksand, baby. And it's quicksand because some of us, to be honest, without offending anybody in here today, some of us in this room, the mire is almost our identity. It's like people know us because we just, woe is me. And that is who I am. And we will kind of start letting the Lord pull us out, but then we slide back down in because it's almost our comfort zone. Man, I don't want to be that lady that people say, well, bless her heart, you know, she, her sister. There is so much more to me than that. There is so much more to you than the things that have happened to you. Yes, they've happened to you, but are you still back there? Because if you're still back there, come on and catch up. You don't need to be back there anymore. There is this lady on Facebook, and she's my friend. And yesterday, yesterday I went to my room, and I was looking through what my kids were doing and, and uh, just checking them out and making sure they're doing good and and. I saw her status, and you know what I did? I thought, every time I see this lady, you know how you get the news feed? She is sick, and she, her hip hurts, and she's fallen, and I got a cold, and I was up all night coughing. And so I just went back and scrolled through all of her past statuses. I'm talking gloom, despair, and agony the whole time. I just want to say something so bad because what in the world is she thinking? That's all I, that's all I know her. I don't know, really know who she is. And all I read is this, well, I, st I still have a cold, and I just don't, my hip hurts. It's raining outside. And I'm just like, what in the world are you thinking? I just want to go post Psalm 40. Go read this, please. Because God wants so much more, and she needs victory in her life, ladies. And so yesterday, I just prayed for that precious lady who just seems to be stuck in the muck and the mire of life. The lady that was Miss South Carolina before me. It was a wonderful Christian. She was, I'm 5'2". So the lineup at Miss America my year was like, oh, there I am, and there's everybody else. And so Sherry Thrift was her name, and she was 5'1", and she clogged. Do y'all know what clogging is here? Her talent was that she clogged to Dixie. Woo! And she was first runner-up to Miss America. And we were at the prayer breakfast the night, the morning before the final competition that night, and Sherry was speaking to us and just giving her testimony about that year as being Miss South Carolina. And she said, you know, girls, one of you, I will put this crown on your head. There are 50 of you in this room, and only one of you will have the crown that is on my head. She said, but I'm going to tell you what, in the meantime, I got one more day to wear this crown, and I'm going to milk it for all it's worth. And I remember her saying that, and I remember thinking, I want to be like that. Man, I want to take this life and live it to the fullest, to the glory of God. But you know what I see? There are a lot of folks that are stuck looking backwards, and it's like they're trying to wait until their lives are livable before they really live them. Does that make sense? When this happens, then I'll get back to life. 
I was there when my husband was gone, and I was waiting for him to come back before we got back to real life again. And finally, I realized, you know what? What you see might be what you get, and what are you going to do with it right now, today, regardless of whatever somebody else is doing. What you see might be what you get, and what you have is what God has given you for this day. In the morning when I get up, I say Psalm 118, Lord, this is the day you've made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It might not end up being the best day, but I will choose to rejoice in who the Lord is in my life and not the circumstances and milk that sucker for all it's worth. Because you know what I've learned? This might be it. I've lost enough people in my life to know I'm not promised tomorrow. Y'all, what we have is right now. This is the present, and it is a gift of God. And I just challenge you today. I want to take a minute to turn to a couple scriptures, if you will turn with me, over to um, Psalm 116. If you'll turn to Psalm 116, beginning in verse 1, it says, I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy, because he turned his ear to me. I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. And then I called on the name of the Lord. Oh, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the simple hearted. And when I was in great need, he saved me. Ladies, that is my testimony today. If you'll turn over to Isaiah 43. I'm sorry to make you flip around, but hey, at least you're in your Bible, right? Isaiah 43. If you don't want to turn there, just write it down. It's okay. I'll read it to you. It says this. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do, not, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. And as I was looking at this scripture this morning, I just looked over to another one I had underlined, and it's so perfect for our time this week, and it says this over in verse 25, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. We talked about that last night. Okay, one more. Turn over to Philippians 3. I think it's one more. Maybe not. Yeah, turn over to Philippians 3. Verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And all of us who are mature should take such a view of things. Ladies, I remember looking back and I remember that pity party and I'm so glad by the grace of God I am not there today. Because when I looked at that picture of Sherry, and I just said, Lord, it just, just makes me sad. She didn't graduate from high school. You know what the Lord impressed on my heart? It was as if he just reminded me. She might not have graduated from high school, but Dawn, she graduated. And she lived her life well. 
and she lived her life trusting me. And when she came through the doors of heaven at 17, she heard, well done, my good and faithful servant. And then when I looked at my mom and she was so sick and I just said, Lord, I just wish she would have healed her here. I just need my mother. And he reminded me, I am your helper. Your mom is well. And she heard, well done, my good and faithful servant. Those are the words we need to live our lives to hear, ladies. I looked at that picture, and that picture that you saw is the new one. And it was during this time of Pity Party City that Olin Mills came through and did that new picture. <laughs> and God was in the process of hearing my cry and lifting me up out of that muck and the mire. And I looked at that new picture, and I compared it to the old picture. And it was as if the Lord said, look at those two pictures. You're not that same girl in that picture who is forcing that smile. But because I've lifted you up out of that mire and you've got a new song to sing, you are this girl today. Now you sing the song that I've given you because she was a part of who you are today, but you're not her. Ladies, quit looking back. Looking back, it's really hard to go in that direction because <laughs> you can't see. But you know what? There was a time when I just thought if I could go to the jail cell where that man is that killed Sherry and just say, why did you have to kill her? What could he ever say to change anything? It wouldn't bring Sherry back. It wouldn't change anything. Looking back and making my husband feel guilty for the rest of his life for the choices he made, what would that do? Would it restore our marriage? No, he's married to somebody today. Looking back won't change anything. And so quit looking back. Look ahead. God knows the plans he has for you. And your job is to seek him. Yvette from Kentucky said, it's like we're living in the Old Testament and we need to go from victory, victim to victory in the New Testament. And quit looking back and stand firm on the rock. Rick Corum is a wonderful evangelist and he said this and I loved it. He said, instead of telling God how big our storm is, it is time we start telling our storm how big our God is. Ladies, what, amen. Whatever your storm is, it rests in the palm of the Almighty God. And there could be purpose in that storm, not just for your life, but Psalm 40 says, because somebody else is watching, and they are going to be amazed, and your testimony God will use in their life. And then they will learn to trust the Lord because you have been that example. You know what I heard one time? The happiest of people don't necessarily have the best of everything. They just make the most of everything that comes along their way. I want to read one more scripture, and then we're going to be close to being done. And it's in Lamentations 3. You can turn there, but you don't have to, but you can. It's Lamentations 3, beginning in verse 19, and it says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I remember them well, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. It is because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And I was sitting here and grabbed Mary's pen because I saw this scripture over to the right. It's verse 55. I called on your name, O Lord, from the depths of the pit, and you heard my plea. You looked on my case, 
and you have redeemed my life. Ladies, your life is redeemable today. I got this precious note from a lady that I sang in her church last summer, and this is what she wrote me on an email. She said, Dawn, thanks so much for your kind words about our situation. We were really hopeful that fertility drugs would help, but they just made me fat. She said, but no looking back, right? She said, most days I am great, but like you, every once in a while I just mourn because my Olin Mills picture doesn't look the way I always thought it would. But I know God has a plan for me. I'm going to sing at her church again in August, and I can't wait to see her and see what's going on with she and her husband. This is a devotion I got. It's called Family Minute. I got it on the computer, and it says this. What good are the broken pieces of your life? There is an artist who takes broken pieces of china and glues them together in various forms to make incredible art. All of us have broken pieces in our lives. Some of our lives even seem to be shattered beyond repair. But those seemingly worthless pieces can be put together and used to fashion something beautiful and something that can be used to help others. Whether you're broken as a result of divorce, abuse, neglect, alcohol, or drugs, know that your pieces can be salvaged and used for good in your life and in the lives of many. Ladies, that is what God wants to do. In our lives, there's a song on the radio that says, Yesterday is a wrinkle on your forehead, but this is your life. Are you who you want to be?